What's up, everybody? Welcome to the next episode of Dev and the Bear. It's going to be our second to last one this year. Uh, and tonight we're going to be talking about UFC Fight Night, Derek Lewis and Kyle Dawkins, Chris Dawkins, one of the Dawkins brothers. Uh, he may be dead, but he won't be forgotten. Uh, the prelims will start there. We're pretty solid. Uh, a lot of finishes. Uh, one of our favorite guys, Gerald Mearshart, got another submission win. Justin Taffa, heavyweight, head kick knockout. You don't get to see those very often. Very cool. Uh, but we're going to jump into the main card and talk about Cub Swanson no- knocking out Darren Elkins with a spinning wheel kick. Pretty freaking solid. I, he really needed that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't expect it. Uh, I like Cub. Yeah. But I had Darren Elkins picked in that fight. I did not expect um, I that picked Darren Darren Elkins as well, and that was just for the simple fact being that Darren <laughs> Elkins can still be game. Yeah, uh, Cub Swanson is just—I mean, he's been on kind of a losing streak. Uh, he won, a, lost a lot. He won a couple in a great fashion as well. well you know, his decision against Chrome Gracie, then he uh, beat up um, what's that guy's name? Man, he turns out of Houston though. Um, well, Daniel Pineda. EG. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he knocked out Daniel Pineda, and that was a great. That was a, such a good knockout. And then he comes in here and he lost to um, Giga Chikadze, and then now he comes in and he gets a spinning wheel kick knockout. Like this guy has been around for so long. Yeah. he's really fought the who's who of like of MMA. Really, he fought Dustin Poirier when Dustin Poirier looked like ten years younger. Yeah, he fought. He has a win over Dustin younger. Poirier. Has a win over Charles yeah. Oliveira. Has fought guys. Like Artem Lobov, which I think you that's know? like what we were talking about. Yeah, when we were talking about this card, it's just who he's fought. It's pretty crazy to look at his yeah. resume. Um, so it is not that surprising that he beat Darren Elkins. I think it's just the fashion in which he did it. Yeah, was wild. He trains hard, man. Trains with yeah. Sam, Sam Calvitti right there with um, with TJ Dillashaw. I don't think he's on EPO though. I'm sure he's getting tested a lot now. Yeah. And um, but I mean, he's also now since that since this win though, he's talking about going down to bantamweight. Uh, he said he can do it. He said he's made the cut before. But I mean, I I guess I don't know. I th- I think a lot of fighters just feel like they should they can move down and have success. But yeah. we've seen how many times now that that's just not true. I also think with him though, he's in that twilight of his career to where it's just like why not? You yeah. Know? That's true. I mean, what, what if he drops down? Like he's thirty-seven, so I don't see him going. It's just it, with where he's at his career, I don't see him going on his title run. But I mean, there's still a lot of fun fights he can make right there. If he drops down, imagine him versus Sean O'Malley. You know, I think that's a fun uh, fight. There's a lot of people at bantamweight that yeah. he will have a lot of trouble with, though. Yeah, him and Cheeto Vera make a great fight. Um, but once he, gets... I feel like a lot of these fights, a lot of those matchups end mm-hmm. up kind of like him and Giga. Like yeah. they're just these guys are on a major rise. The the level of footwork that the bantamweights use versus the featherweights is ridiculous. The yeah. movement, I mean, it's just uh, I don't know if he could hang with the best of that division, but I mean, he could definitely still hang with some of the like not not the best, but still some top level talent in there, you know. But I mean, imagine if he dropped down to fight Adrian. If that's Donis. what he, if that's what he's doing in his own weight class, yeah. why bother cutting weight? even yeah. more yeah why bother putting your body through that like you said in the twilight of your career yeah when you're you're gonna be in the same place that you are at in your current division i don't know i like him where he's at i, uh, I think uh, he's doing well yeah him and adrianus would be a very fun fight yeah him and sean o'malley would be a very fun fight him and 
freaking whoever else you said. I don't even freaking. Uh, but like Cheeto Vera. Cheeto uh, Vera, yeah, that'd but, be a re- that would be a really fun fight. I would just be worried that yeah, he'd be in the same spot that he's in in his current yeah. weight class, and there's no point to it. And like the thing though with uh, Cub Swanson though also is that um, I mean we know with these top guys in the uh, featherweight division though he's not going to beat those guys, and so if he can do it and he feels right making the cut, then I would like to see it. Why not? You know. Just to see him do it a couple times and then call it a career, or what if he gets into finding his footing that he needed? Because at one point, Cup Swanson should have been getting a title shot that he never got. The UFC screwed him over with that. Back. What if they match him up with Max Holloway? They're like, "Hey, let's hurry up and get Cub out of here." Yeah. And then he whoops Max Holloway. That'd be crazy, that'd honestly. Be um, that'd be insane. Give him a title shot. It's crazy that Max Holloway's a submission went over him. Out of all things, you know. Uh, another fight. Another fight I did want to mention is Raquel Pennington also got a win on that card. She yeah. beat uh, Macy Kiasen, which I think is I, I think I do think that's pretty crazy though, considering that Macy Kiasen's kind of moving up through the rankings yeah. and she's becoming a, a a well-known prospect in the bantamweight division. She actually missed weight for this fight. I was about to say she's had some trouble with her fights lately, making weight for her fights. Yeah, um, not just not being ready for some of her fights. And it's hard for to hold her accountable when it comes to her weight, just because. She's tried to make weight so much that um, I'm sure that has to mess with your body eventually. You know, making weight, fight gets canceled. And that happened, what, like two or three times this with, year? With Aspen Ladd? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's happened a lot. She's had a rough time lately, uh, yeah. so losing doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, no, it does not help at all. So moving on with the card, we had uh, Mateus Scamrot defeat uh, Diego Fajal in a very weird stoppage um, with a, he need him to the body and he just and couldn't. He, yeah, Fajal could, couldn't continue and he kind of waves it off to the ref. Uh, I think uh, that was kind of just like the story of the whole fight. I think Gamrot was just too much for him the whole fight. Yeah. And that was just kind of like a result of how much it was piling up, like how much he was. And I don't think Fajaya could keep up the whole fight. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I like uh, Diego Fajaya. He's been doing it for a yeah. while. Um, you know, he also lives in Corpus, which I think is really freaking cool. Um, go she drives all the way up to Dallas to go train. Yeah, I was about to say, he drives freaking like nine hours yeah. to go train. Which I don't even think it's Corpus. I think it's just a small little podunk Texas town along the coast. Uh, but Mateus Gramrot is a former, I want to say he's either Ryzen or KSW champion. Um, one of those European organizations and uh, he's coming in and he's I mean he's on a tear right now yeah. uh, we see what he did to Diego Feo we see what he did to Jeremy Stevens in less than two minutes uh, he's coming in and he's making some noise and it's pretty cool to see it but I think he's definitely gonna keep going on this continuing on his win streak but there's so many good fights because the lightweight division is so stacked but the way he's running through these guys it's like man like what's next for him you know with uh, Diego Fajaya, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, he's needs to figure something out, but it, it's just more of like, hey, you got need in the body pretty freaking hard. Yeah. You know? I, I think some changes would help him. Um, yeah. Like maybe moving closer, moving to, your closer to your gym would yeah. be a, a nice change. Which like was the, this... the wonders that would do for his mental, the mental aspect of it, I think would be big. Because driving for that long is exhausting. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. And then to only do that twice a week, man, like, I mean... Uh, I'm sure I think he owns some land where he stays. That's what they talked about a little bit. And so I think that's also what it is, too, is just it's a very task ta- tasking thing to put on your body every single day to go train and then to do that all the time, you know? Yeah. So um, we'll see where things go from there. Now, we saw Ricky Simone, a uh, so-called crotch sniffer. Uh, that's what Sean O'Malley said about him before. 
um, comes in and knocks out Rafael Sunsal, former contender in the Bantamweight division, yeah. in uh, devastating fashion. It was pretty freaking rough. Yeah. Um, I think Ricky Simone is a big deal. Yeah, I've been saying that for a while. His wrestling is very, very good, uh, but his striking is no joke either. He just doesn't always get an opportunity to show it off. No. Um, but he did that night. Yeah, there's, there's so many great strikers in the Bantamweight division that he was able to... He knew that he didn't want to wrestle with uh, Rafael Sunsau, which I don't yeah. blame him. Um, he went in there and just dropped him. It was a nasty right hand right behind the ear, just overhand right, just laid him out. Just like uh, Garbrandt. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> But yeah, man, that was he's, my thought. As soon as I saw App land, I was like, yeah. "Oh man, that's freaking the exact same punch that Garbrandt threw." Come yeah, on, man, it's just a Sunsal doesn't. Yeah, he just. I guess he doesn't learn from his mistakes. And the thing is, too, though, is like we're kind of see him. I feel like he's another fighter. He's in the twilight of his career. Uh, he's up there in age and still making one thirty five, which is pretty cool yeah, to he's see. He's been up there in age for a while. Yeah, he's one of the older guys in the division. I mean, he. But uh, of course, he's still a good fighter, but. Um, we're kind of seeing that he's becoming like a stepping stone into the top 15. And um, so Ricky Simone, I mean, he's calling for Sean O'Malley now. A lot of people are going to be calling for Sean O'Malley. Um, have they said anyone that they're going to give Sean O'Malley? No. Well, something I was thinking about too, though, is, you know, he talks about all these ranked guys are dodging me, but there's been a lot of ranked guys that have called him out. Like a lot. A lot of, everybody's calling him out. Yeah. Because they're tired of his crap. Yeah. So a lot of people are calling him out. And every time he says people are dodging him, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I man. don't think they're dodging you him. You get I offered th- fights and you say no. Yeah. So I don't really understand the issue yeah. that you have. I definitely understand it the other way around. Um, Ricky Simone gives him problems. Yeah. I know that much. Because if at any point he gets a hold of Sean O'Malley, it's not going to go Sean's way. I yeah, know that much. Like, I know he's very good off his back, but Ricky Simone is very... He's he's so much pressure when he gets you down. His wrestling's really good, too. Yeah. I love watching him wrestle whenever he gets, starts to control guys because he does a lot of flow wrestling. Like, in, he knows weight placement very well. It's kind of like watching Khabib when Khabib would do it. Uh, I can't remember which fight I watched with Ricky Simone, but I know he's fighting on the preliminaries. And um, just the way that he could just, like, deal with the weight adjustment in certain areas. He could he just knew where it was going, and he could just pretty much almost read exactly what they're about to do and read their movements and still keep his dominant position. Um, but, yeah, no, I think he gives uh, Sean O'Malley some problems. And, I mean, of course, like, for him to win, he has to get on the inside. That's that's where he wins that fight. Yeah. Uh, Sean O'Malley is so freaking long. Dude. Anybody fighting Sean O'Malley is going to win from the inside. That was yeah. one of the Chris Moutinho's problems was he's having so much – trouble getting inside but yeah. every time he did i think he he would connect good. yeah, yeah. He, he would connect and that's what like uh sean malley had a couple black guys from the couple times he got in on him you know a couple times like, yeah uh there wasn't a lot of times he did <laughs> there it was not but, no um but yeah so on with the card who else do we After have that we had amanda lemos uh beating angela hill by split decision i didn't agree with that at all uh, I, I know uh, a lot of people didn't this is the one fight that I missed whenever I came. I came. I was driving yeah. over here. Yeah, it. It was a good fight. I feel like I. They both had their moments for sure. Um, I just I don't understand how those refs gave it to Amanda Lemos, especially the thirty twenty seven. Um, I, I don't understand that at all. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, that just shows that some judges don't watch these fights. Or just unless I mean, I'd have to go look into it. I don't remember if there was a thirty. I remember there being a thirty twenty seven. That could have been for 
Angela Hill, but I don't even understand that either because Amanda Lemos did win a round. Yeah. I'd have to go back and watch. I don't remember which one. We're recording this I know like she a week did, out she, after almost. She did drop her. Yeah, I they both that. got dropped at, yeah. at a couple points. Um, but it was, a, it was a close fight, so I'm not surprised that it's a split, but I'm just surprised it went Lemos way instead yeah. of uh, Hill. Uh, I think the global scorecards on Verdict... Shout out to Verdict. Um, I think please. they got the global scorecards had Hill winning as well. Yeah. Uh, it just, a lot of people kind of didn't agree with that. And that's pretty much all there is to that fight, really. Like, it was a fun fight, but mm-hmm. that kind of ruined it. Right. And so, um, I have to go back and watch it as well. Like I said, I missed that fight, the one fight I freaking miss. So, it's like the most controversial one, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, after that, we had Bilal Muhammad and Steven Thompson. Uh, that went about exactly as I planned. Or yeah. not planned, but expected. Bilal absolutely uh, dominated. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, it was Bilal Muhammad's fight. That we fight. we saw how much trouble Thompson's had, Thompson has with wrestling. We've seen it time and time again. Yeah. we And we know that Bilal is a fantastic wrestler. It just makes sense. Yeah, he... Um, this is definitely like his career, his best performance in his whole career. Yeah. Uh, against a guy like Stephen Thompson, that's very. Um, it's he's hard to take down. He's he's he actually is. A lot yeah. of guys haven't been able. Bilal to Bilal was the fourth person to take him down, third or that's fourth. Uh, and Stephen Thompson had a pretty long career at this point, so yeah. that's a pretty big deal. And not only did he was he the third or fourth only person to take down Stephen Thompson, but he also set a career high, just in one round. That's nuts, dude. Uh, yeah, he was, and he was looking for the finish. He was attacking with submissions. Yeah. Uh, he there was also just some ground and pound yeah. that was pretty fun. At one point, he had Stephen Thompson in the exact position that uh, Gilbert Burns kept getting him in, where yeah. he's got his back kind of, and he's trying to get the seatbelt across. Yeah. Um, so he's like this, and then they're just looking at each other. So they just started punching each other in the face. <laughs> it was like, it was like a calm don fry and uh was that hong man Choi? was that who it was back then i don't think it was i don't remember i can't remember who it was but it was just like that except they're sitting down it was pretty <laughs> freaking funny um it was that was a good fight like you said i think that was Bilal's best performance of his of his career <sighs> oh man you wake up uh well, these you want to wake up we can talk about Derek lewis okay yeah we could do that too freaking um Derek Lewis put you to sleep, actually. What, what, yeah, no, he would. <laughs> uh, he would kill me. But one of the things that I was going to say, just to kind of end off with Blah Muhammad, was I wasn't ever really a big fan of him, and I always let that be known. But, like, this performance, so I can't deny it at all. Uh, he put on a great performance. Uh, the reason why I never cared for him is I just always feel like he's kind of a boring fighter. And also, he was always more active on Twitter than he was in the Octagon. But um, after this performance... bro. What's up? He's yeah. Bully. The bully bee. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Come with a new Twitter handle or some shit. Um, so he actually though. What I was gonna say though is, um, I mean, he just broke into the top five now, and he's calling for Leon Edwards again. Uh, he's calling for Nate Diaz. He's calling for Colby Covington. Um, and it's you know it's good to see that he's actually getting that push that he's needed because he's been around for a long time calling for a lot of these guys, and no one wants to give him a chance. I think Colby gives him a lot of problems. I think Colby gives him a ton of problems. Um, and that's the thing is like you know Bilal even said you know he's like me and him were supposed to fight like he we and him got in the UFC at the same exact time, but he would not fight me. Obviously, yeah. Leon gives him problems. We already saw that. Yeah, and I don't see that fight going much different. Um, I don't either. 
Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it ended faster. Yeah. I think uh, Leon's going to go in there and probably knock him out because Bilal does not have very good stand-up. Um, it's a big hole, especially getting into the uh, getting into the top five. All those guys are all wrestlers as well, so you're going to have to depend on your hands. And um, guys like Kamar Usman, Kowal Covington, Leon Edwards, and uh, I want to say it's Vicente Luque is ahead of him now. And Gilbert Burns, they all have great boxing. They all really. Uh, Vicente Luque, he's a fucking killer dude. He has great Muay Thai. He might be one of my favorite welterweights right now. He's so good, he's, man. He's, he's so, so good, much fun. and he's such a cool person. Yeah, he's like so honest and just chill. Like he didn't really give a crap about all the stuff going on. He, he's a lot like Dustin Poirier. Yeah, um, it's just different. <laughs> So, but yeah, so that's kind of my like final thoughts on that whole blow thing. But so on to the main event. Um, Derek Lewis caught a body Saturday night. Yeah. Um, there were headlines. Yeah. That a black man killed a cop. Yep. Fucking Trigger Derek Lewis warning. caught a body. Blue Blue Lives Matter. You they know, do. Chris Dawkins. So um, he just, he absolutely folded that fucking dude. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Like that fight. It was coming. It was just coming. Yeah. The whole freaking fight. He was waiting for that right hand. Uh, it was obvious. You know, typical Derek Lewis. We all know what he's yeah. going in there to do. Um, but I feel like, I feel like, Dawkins could have avoided it. One hundred percent. He was. Uh, he there was not a lot of horizontal movements by him. He was no. a very vertical, but getting backed up and just kind of standing there. And it's like you don't want to stand there with a guy like him. You and know. He, he got backed up, and Derek Lewis pressed against him, and then. Space got created, and he decided to throw fists. Yeah, it's like, he, why are you gonna sit there and throw down with Derek Lewis? Yeah, he decided to go to war with him. You know, he tried to be Don Fry, and it did not go very well. You freaking you you throw hands with Derek Lewis, and you get put down. Yeah, like how many times do we have to see that before you realize that? Come on. Yeah, uh, he went H town on. He was, did. That was good to see. He put the Houston hands on him, you know. And then he freaking threw his cup out in the crowd. That was disgusting. And some small, gross little man. <laughs> I was so excited about it. I remember looking at you, and I was like, is that what I look like when I walk away from things? Like, Because that dude was really small, and I was like, fuck. But he was way too... At first, we thought it was a kid. Yeah. He turned around, and it was a grown-ass man. I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, I don't know. That threw me off. But yeah, Derek Lewis, I mean, he uh, he folded that dude like a french fry. It was absolutely... Whoa. French fry. Sirogan was a French fry. Yeah, was French. Uh, so what do we? So he folded him like a piece of bacon. There you go. He's hey. hey, yeah. <laughs> Just be completely disrespectful to our first responders. You know. Nah, we're we are big fans of both Dawkins brothers here. Actually, <laughs> we really, we, we're, really we're, we are big fans of cops. <laughs> oh. Well, that too. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny. I have no issues at all. Anyway. It was a fantastic knockout. We got to see Derek Lewis uh, go out there and put on his typical performance, and then we got to see him do a great uh, post-fight speak, co- little interview as well. Yeah, that was very fun. See, they try to kick his wife out. Yeah, and he got mad. He was yeah. like, "Y'all gonna do me like that for real?" I yeah, was like, yeah, that sucks. That shit was rude. Uh, and then they finally let her in. I'm like, you fucking idiots, dude. Who are these officials? These officials, man, they've been testing motherfuckers lately. You yeah, know? when they pushed uh, Taito Vasa. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, dude, y'all, y'all really don't want to fuck with Frickin the get in the way of Tui and the Shoeys, you know? If there, look, if the UFC is gonna put on so meant so much, um, like promotion and commercials in between fights on these pay per views, freaking tell the uh, tell these officials like, hey, be ready, be ready, 
you're going to go in there and fight if uh, you start something with someone. Yeah. Just in between commercials. Nobody on TV is going to see this. Yeah. Nobody watching this on TV is going to see it. But everyone in the stadium will. You're going to you're gonna get knocked out. Yeah. Taitu Vyasa versus homeboy. Joe, Johnny, John, John. Yeah, whatever the hell that guy's name ah, is. Mother- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that I mean, that's, that's the card. <laughs> uh, it was really good. It was very fun. Um, I, I, you know, some underdogs won. I think it was a fun one to watch. Uh, I think what it really did, though, like that card's place in the U in the UFC universe is setting up future contenders. I think yeah. that's what that card did from start to finish. Um, was just tell you who the next contender really, is going to be. I really fucked my eye up right yeah, there. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> And so, but so one thing I did want to bring up though with the ending of this card was, um, so with this being the last card of the year, do you, this is like more of like a question, I guess, is do you feel that with this card ending that the UFC should just have pay-per-views in the year? Like, do you think that if UFC 269 would have been the last card of the year, that would have been okay instead of having another card? Because UFC 269 was so hyped up and, um... So in the in the year on the on the high on the high of a great card like that, would you would you you feel like with fight nights like this right after the um a big card kind of messes with the hype of what that card was um and ends the UFC. I mean of course the UFC had a great year. There was tons of great cards that we're gonna get into next episode, but um do you feel like that kind of messes with the hype of what the UFC did in the month of December for their pay per view? I get what you're saying from like a fan perspective. That makes sense. But if you think about it, like you're a fighter um, or you're a, a coach or anyone involved. Yeah. Um, that, that time like doesn't exist. The yeah. The difference between one year and the next year. It's just a, ma- a span of a few weeks. Yeah. Like if you're in the middle of a fight camp, you don't care that it's no longer, you don't care that it went from, you know, New Year's Eve to New Year's Day. That doesn't make a difference. Um, ending the year doesn't mean a whole lot in the, in the sense of it's like one card to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like the end of a chapter. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it's that big of a deal because I don't look at it like that. Yeah. Um, I'm already looking at the next card, like, all right, what's next, you know? Uh, but there's this little gap. I do think that, like, I, I'm, I'm fine with them not doing New Year's cards. Yeah. Um, but there is this, like, little gap. Uh, we get a couple weeks at the end of this year and a couple weeks in the beginning of next year. So they do kind of create an atmosphere of, like, this is the end of this year. You got to wait for next year for us to start up right. again. Uh, they did kind of create that. So it, I would say, if anything, it feels more this year because of that. Yeah. There's no New Year's card, so we don't really get to see something immediately after. Right. Which I don't know if they, I don't think they've done a New Year's card in a long time as well. Like I, we were talking with uh, your buddy Josh earlier. Like, uh, they used to do them all the time, but they, I, I don't think they've done them in a really yeah. long time. Um, but yeah, no, just something I was thinking about is like, you know, um, as a fighter, as a fight fan, but also as like watching promotion and just kind of like talking and discussing these things is, you know, is it smart to have a normal fight card, a fight night after such a big pay-per-view towards the end of the year, or just give everybody a break and then come back with a great card like they are with Chikadze and Cater in a couple weeks, you know? Well, Cub Swanson, you know, that fight could be 
is the big that fight is the biggest moment in his career that night. Yeah. So, like I said, I think to them, it doesn't matter that it's not a pay per view. Yeah. It doesn't matter that it's not as hyped up as the card before. It's the biggest moment of their life at the moment. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's what you're saying. So, and I mean, I, I can't help but see it that way as well. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I like watching each and one of the, each one of the fights on the cards, like prelims, early prelims, all of it, is because it's so important to each one of these people. Yeah. So to them, this is the main event. You know, as far as like storyline and hype, like I don't know, man. I'm just as hyped about that uh, about that last pay per view uh, as I was right after. Um, I don't think having a card like Derek Lewis and Chris and Chris Dawkins, Chris yeah. Dawkins, Kyle Dawkins, you know, yeah, we're fans. Uh, which one was it? I Chris, know, Chris Dawkins. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I don't know why I forgot for a second too. Like um, I, I knew that, but so I guess um, <clears throat> that was UFC Fight Night 199, and uh, last UFC event of the year. I guess to discuss some other stuff going on that we kind of haven't been able to talk about was uh, Jake Paul knocking out Tyrone Woodley in the sixth round of their fight. Knocked him out cold. Yeah. Knocked him out so hard that our Instagram got disabled. Yeah. It was so bad, and we were so on top of, you know, giving the news. (laughs) The news, just like everyone else was doing. Being a media outlet, we were on top of it. We were one of the first people to share it. I'm sure we were. And we posted it, and it took down our Instagram that we have they worked on. They freaking hit hard, yeah. those bastards. Yeah, apparently the Showtime wanted to post the first, apparently. And, um, yeah, we were right on top of that. So I'm, yeah. I know for a fact several people posted it before us. Yeah. Because one of mine was a repost. Oh, okay. So, how dare them. Uh, but, yeah, no, Tyron, Tyron Woodley has no business in a boxing ring, and... That shows it even more so than their last fight because he got knocked out cold. Yeah. A lot of people think it's rigged. A lot of people think Jake Paul signaled for Tyron Woodley to take the fall. Um, I don't see Tyron as a person so. do that. I don't think I don't see. I mean, I don't know. It depends on how much money you put in the wrong because that was a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but he went face first in that canvas. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to do that? He was stiff out. He hit him fucking hard. Like, I'm not... Well, I'm saying, you know how hard it is to fall without catching yourself? Yeah. Like, he he would... He's not an actor. We we know that. We've seen him try, mm-hmm. and it's awful. You, you see that one with the clip of him in that one movie that's like... He gets his uh, a fellatio done by a raccoon. Oh, uh, what? Yeah. Tyron Woodley? Mm-hmm. I don't need to know about this. Yeah. So. Uh, but Tyron Woodley, I don't think... That was rigged. I don't think him getting knocked out was rigged. <laughs> I think he's trash. Sorry, sorry. Just like that, you had to clarify that. Because uh, we're talking about the movie and then him getting knocked out. Oh. oh. I thought it was funny. Um, anyway, yeah. I, I don't think that was rigged. I think that he got knocked out cold by a freaking Disney Channel star, YouTuber, moron. Um, I am ready for Jake Paul to get a real opponent, though. Uh, yeah, I think that's, we're seeing that, I mean, this is kind of what we've been saying from the start, though, is that he's, um, I mean, Jake Paul trains hard, he puts in the yeah. time, trains with the great, great trainers, uh, some world-class trainers. people who have no business yeah, trying tra- to box, so train- it's like, hey, yeah, you need, you need to step up in competition, I'm glad that you, um, are making money, yeah. good for you, good that your record is, you're undefeated or whatever, but hey, 
you're trying to be taken serious as a boxer. His freaking idiot brother is like, oh, he's this generation's uh, Mike Tyson. That's a stretch. That's uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, no. it's beyond a stretch. Uh, one of the things that I did, I think we kind of talked about a little bit that I didn't like so much was when uh, he knocked him out. Logan was trying to jump in the ring with a camera to take pictures of Tyron. Yeah. He was pointing and laughing at him. Um, well, I mean, didn't he do that before, or was that I don't Jake Paul? Didn't he film a dead body before? He did film a dead body before. Yeah, yes. and he was just trying to do it again. He was just trying to do it again. Yeah, he's, he's just trying to get <laughs> he, he's just trying to get censored again. Uh, but for me though, like I guess I don't know, man. Uh, when it comes down to what these guys do, when it comes to someone, it comes to someone getting knocked out like that. Um, it's not funny. It's not the time to make jokes. I mean, what if Tyron ended up on a stretcher? I mean, you know, um, no offense, but weren't we making jokes about Chris Dawkins getting knocked out the second it happened? He got up pretty quick, though. Yeah, but I'm saying we made fun of him. Uh, yes, but not like when he was still out cold. Like I was like, holy shit! But but the, my thing is though is just um, when that happens, whenever a fighter's out cold like that, it was like when Adam Cello got knocked out by Uriah yeah. Hall. You know, like whenever he was on the floor, like nobody's joking around no one's like well oh, they cheered shit. you know and then they're or, like oh wait he's not up yeah. yet you know yeah. and stuff like that it just it's really distasteful if you're gonna be a, a, a boxer you have to have that respect and, and it's kind of like when someone gets hurt in football i was just about to say down, that it's the know? same thing in football you take a knee yeah uh, you have some respect for the the injured player whether it's a teammate or not yeah uh, so th- that's that's just something I thought it was really just bad, just in bad taste to see him doing but that. I mean, do we I know, expect anything different? No, we don't. But I think just think that there's there needs to be somebody to let them know, like, hey, when someone gets knocked out, you have to show fucking respect and wait till they well, get up at least. I think if you acknowledge that to them, they're gonna bite on that because they want that. Yeah, they want to be the bad boys of boxing. Uh, Jake Paul's the problem child, you know. Yeah. He plays kind of a weird card sometimes. Like he's he tries to be the good guy while being the bad guy. It's yeah. kind of weird, but um, nonetheless, I I think it's just a narrative that he follows just to make himself look like a good guy though. And like with him well, and Dana White, yeah, I mean it's all a character, pay, you know. But it's just him him having that thing that thing where it's like, oh well, you're gonna call me a piece of shit. Well, you don't pay your fighters. You know, because yeah, that's so, what people. That's what that's what they do. That's what these idiots do. And so it's just it makes it makes Someone you look like a better a person. Them, you know? So they push other other people under the bus. They yeah. can't just admit responsibility. So um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just it is what it is. I guess now we're gonna have to, we're just keep talking about them. I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, even not, when they lose, we're gonna be talking about yeah. them, right? Like that's that's what they need. I know. I it's think like the freaking Island Boys. Yeah. I mean, fuck, dude. I literally just saw a video of them the other day doing a uh, interview. And they were getting into it with the interviewer and stuff. Yeah, uh, that was it on the on Logan Paul's yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like they they need the negative attention that helps yeah. them. So no matter what, like they they're kind of set because all they're gonna do is good or bad. Either way, they're good though. So I think give Jake, give Jake Paul a, a legitimate opponent. He needs to stop going out and picking these guys. He want, he says he wants to fight uh, Masvidal or Diaz. Freaking let him. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? I know I was going to mention real quick that Logan Paul's set to fight Mike Tyson in February. I'm not sure if you knew about that. Uh, I had seen it, and I kind of forgot all about it. Yeah. I wish I had still forgot, forgot all about it. <laughs> But so with that though, Jake Paul's calling out guys like Nate Diaz, calling out guys like Jorge Masvidal, like you mentioned. Uh, who else did he call? Canelo. 
uh, and out of all these guys, um, Jorge Masvidal being the guy who's still trying to ride the street Jesus hype yeah. is the only one that bites on this shit. And, yeah. Um, I'm like, there it is. Uh, a 17 year old shoved Jorge Masvidal at the fight. I saw that. And he tried to fight that 17 year old. Yeah. Like, and you look at this kid, it looks like a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He posted a video, so I didn't fucking shove him, you know, this and that. And, and, um, but it's like, well, man, like, I don't know what happened with that situation, but I mean, it's, it's still like Corey Mosvidal. I mean, he's, if someone shows him, he's going to do something about it, you know? Um, Churldish. What's up? Churldish. Yeah. Insubordinate. I mean, if he put his hands on him, you know, uh, Whoa, dude, calm down there. Um, I don't know. But the whole thing, though, with uh, Jorge Masvidal calling him out, there's also that thing of being around is that he said that if he fights him, he wants $20 million and stuff. And a lot of people are talking a bunch of shit uh, right now saying, you know, Jorge doesn't even make that much. He makes like he made like 800000 in his last fight against uh, Usman. Look, and, if, um, if I'm Jake Paul and Masvidal wants to fight me that bad and he wants $20 million, I'd be like, all right, I'll make it happen. If you can go win some fights... For a change, if yeah. you can go out there and I don't know, be the champion, you act like you are. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you twenty million, and we'll fight, and we will throw down. Yeah, but hell, make it a make it a MMA fight. Yeah, like he he said, he's like I offered him five million with a percentage of pay per view, which I think is just uh, one of the things where it's like, you know, the UFC's not gonna let him out of contract. Like I don't no. know, I don't know what what you're accomplishing with that, but whenever uh, these people are chiming in, like Corey has never seen five million before, this and that. It's like, guys, that's not even y'all's fucking position. Why, why are y'all... It's irrelevant. Yeah, it's completely irrelevant to bring out his money into this as well, saying that he needs to fight him because that's the most money he'll ever make. And it's just like, what's this about? Like, this is an MMA fighter versus a boxer. This is yeah. a guy who's still in the top tier. Like, he's not in the twilight of his career. Like, he doesn't line up with Jake Paul's type of uh, opponent, you know? Uh, hey, get Canelo out there. No, I don't think Canelo needs to step in the ring with Jake Paul. No, Canelo. Not, not about like what he would do to Jake Paul, but just strictly because that's disrespectful. That would completely tarnish any uh, any brand that Canelo has if yeah. he were to do that. Like if they got older, I mean, fuck it, why not? But even though I think Canelo is such a purist of the sport, he would say no. He would never do that. that. And yeah. He did, yeah, he doesn't need to. Yeah. Freaking, where's Bob Sapp when you need him, right? I don't know, fucking probably diving somewhere. Diving? Yeah, he, he takes he, does, he dives all the time in fights. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was it's, very confused. For it's pretty funny to hear him talk about though. He's like, they pay me for two minutes, and in those two minutes, I uh, after those two minutes are up, I take the dive. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, that's uh, let us know your thoughts on Jake Paul knocking out good old frozen one Tyron Woodley, and also uh, be on the lookout. We'll be making a new Instagram very very soon. I guess new business cards as well. Yeah, I was looking at that. We're going to make better ones. If you yeah. if you have one of our business cards, go ahead and throw it away. Please do. Uh, and thank Instagram. Make sure to hate them just as much as we do. Thank you very much. Like, comment, and follow the correct pages.